you call the show, ask a question, make a statement of anything you would like Kevin and myself to talk about or any question you would like the two of us to answer. And then you end your phone call by saying, I'm going to hang up and listen. And as long as you're in your phone call by saying, I'm going to hang up and listen, and we can answer your question or talk about whatever it was you called to talk about. But unless you don't say hang up and listen, then we're just going to have to ignore you all together. So make sure you end your phone call by saying, I'm going to hang up and listen. Oodles and different things you can talk about. Uh, first caller gets $10 to Ease 24-Hour Cafe and, and $5 to TCBY. The weather is perfect to go get some of America's best yogurt. The best caller today. Best caller every week gets an awesome grand prize. CJ, if you will tell the listeners what they could win today on Hang Up and Listen. The winner of Hang Up and Listen will receive $25 gift certificate to Elfo's, the perfect place to hang out after the golf tournament. Can we just have a piece of steak? Oh, yeah. Elfo's restaurant. Or a piece of burger. <laughs> a piece of burger. That's a great prize. $25 to Elfo's restaurant, our grand prize this week. We also have a side game during Hang Up and Listen. If you call in with a Dusty Rhodes impression... Uh, as part of your phone call. So you can do your regular phone call and you just you can talk like the American dream. We will give you Cerrito Live prize pack, special Cerrito Live prize pack for the best Dusty Rhodes impression. Remember, Marcus, we did this um, back in the day when my show man Randy Savage passed away. It was the best hang-up-and-listen call. Yes. Uh, everybody can, oh, yeah. everybody can, can do a Dusty Rhodes but they may not know they can or not. But anyway, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, we do have a clip, a classic, classic Dusty Rhodes clip. Um, let's let's hear that. The way I feel about Ric Flair, no respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard time. That's hard time. They took our jerks. A, com- a computer took your place. They took our jerks. That's from 1985. That is hard times. Is a computer's taking your place in 1985? A classic Dusty Rhodes. Hey, listen. He he knew the future. He was predicting the future, man. The American Dream. Have you seen Ex Machina yet? No. It's a fantastic movie. I thought I told you to watch that. You did. I just haven't watched it yet. It. <laughs> the next movie I'm going to see is going to be Jurassic World. It's gonna be. Yeah, it's out. Came out yesterday, right? Yeah, oh, I remember going. Yeah. I remember going to see Jurassic Park when I was a kid. My mom took me and my two cousins. I just couldn't wait. Oh, it's fantastic. I love that movie. Okay, so the Dusty Rhodes impression that is optional during your phone call during hang up ones, and it's totally optional if you want to do it. You can get a Cerrito Live prize pack in honor of the American Dream. Dusty Rhodes. Best caller, $25 to Elfos. First caller, $10 to Ease and $5 to TCBY. Again, the phone number, 360-8255. That's 360-8255. And go ahead, jump in, get in on the phone lines and play some Hang Up and uh, listen. The American Dream. Can you do an American Dream impression, Marcus? Um, I, I, I probably could not. I'll probably have to, to hear more. You have to hear more? Yeah, I have to hear more. More from the dream? Yes, more from the dream. 
Alright, well, we, we can maybe. I can, I can try. Oh, you you don't have to. Okay. I mean, I, I know I there's a lot of pressure. I don't want to make yeah. you, you know. Yeah, you know, I have to, if I want to do something, I got to just do it all wanna, out. Yeah. You want to do it right. Yeah, exactly. I want to do it right. But the the, the American dream of uh, passing away, or real quick notes on that. I mean, it, it is very sad because his sons, both of his sons, you know who his sons are? Gold, you've heard Gold Dust, right? Yes. And Stardust is his other son, and they were feuding this year. And at the very beginning of the year, and I thought they were going to end up having a match at WrestleMania where, with Dusty Rhodes being like the special guest referee, like with his sons wrestling and him being the special guest referee. Uh-huh. But that did not happen, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, that is unfortunate. They didn't. I thought they were going to go to WrestleMania. It's going to be a cool WrestleMania moment, and it did. It did not happen. Like uh, the phone calls, we don't have no. We have no phone calls right now. No phone calls. <clears throat> we haven't set through this market. I think you might tick somebody off. You hadn't started the music yet. Start the music. I'll see what happens. There we go. Three six zero eighty two fifty five. You got to give the cue to call, man. The cue to call. Three six zero eighty two fifty five. I don't start the music. Y'all start the music over there. But let's. I know. I have to give me a cue. I have to give you the cue. I got to cue it up. For playing, hang up and listen. Ten dollars tees, five dollars TCBY to the first caller during hang up. And listen today. We're going to get more into the Coliseum stuff before we uh, wrap up today's show. But you can call in and talk about it. We will talk to Marvin Stockwell, who's on the cover of the Commercial Appeal today. So I tweeted out that one of these guys on the front page of today's Memphis News joins us on Cerrito Live today at 1230. And there were three people on the cover of, of the Commercial Appeal today. One being Robert Lipscomb. Who who, who, He has an open invite to come on, Mr. Lipskin, if you are listening. One is Marvin Stockwell, who is our guest today at 1230. The other one is the guy who was uh, trying to kill his wife in Carville. That Carville lawyer who was allegedly trying to hire a hitman, allegedly poisoning his wife's toothpaste, allegedly the same toothpaste that his son uses, allegedly... All alleged. Allegedly searching... On work computers on how to kill somebody. That's not smart. Allegedly. Allegedly. It's allegedly dumb. So those are the three people. So, uh, <coughs> um, Thomas, some, Thomas on Twitter saying, "Oh, so he was so excited, he thought I was going to have the Carville lawyer guy." Talk. Oh, okay. So we're not. That would be a fascinating interview. That would be a fascinating interview. I mean, you know, there was um, before kill- I left Memphis, there was this one guy who um, we don't advocate killing anybody. Yes, this one guy. But don't be poisoning the toothpaste that your kid is going to be using. That, that's poor that, planning. That's not poor play. That's just he's got it. This I don't know. Allegedly, it's just allegedly, dumb. allegedly, allegedly, really, really. Dumb. Don't try to kill people. How about that? How about not trying to kill people? Like anyway, those are the live. those are the three people on the top of the fold of today's commercial appeal. Uh, but Marvin Stockwell will join us, and he'll he'll talk because I think the big question about the Coliseum uh-huh. has become. What's next now, right? Yes. Like, okay, these guys from outside, uh, these outsiders have told us to keep it. What is next? And we'll find out what's next with the Fairgrounds and Call Team. But we are playing Hang Up and Listen. And we're going to go to CD. He's our first caller. He gets $10 Steve's, $5 TCBY. He's calling us from Highway 78. CD, you're on Hang Up and Listen on Street Alive. What's up, CD? First of all, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Look, I'm to the point now, all these people that talking about LeBron, Let's look back. What have the only thing that man done? Yes, he made a mistake with the decision, but other than that, has he committed any crimes? Can he hit his wife? Does he have a DUI? None of that stuff. 
All he do is play basketball. He played his way. He had never once said he was the next Michael Jordan. It's all the media stuff doing that crap. All he wants to do is do the best he can. But you got people that want to hate him, kill him for nothing. You got all the other people who are so dope, who did this stuff, and have constantly put people down. I ask you myself, how many Memphis Grizzlies on the Memphis Grizzlies King team can go to Cleveland and put that team on his back and win two games? Other than that, I have to listen. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, CD. It, so- it sounded good. It didn't didn't sound like Dusty Rhodes, but it kind of did sound like Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> I think that's just his regular voice. The American Dream. If you if you call in during Hang Up and Listen today, we have bonus prize, Sarita Live prize pack for American. We're, maybe we'll just give it to anybody who does the American Dream impression because I want to hear some American Dream impression. So anybody who does the American Dream impression during Hang Up and Listen today, we'll give you a Sarita Live prize pack. You know, he does have a point, though. Um, you know, everybody's giving LeBron James just so much so much heat and so much vitriol for LeBron James over, I mean, get over the decision. I mean, sure, he made the decision. When, when you look back on the decision, LeBron James, that was the best decision for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was the best thing he could have done for Cleveland because guess what? It allowed Cleveland to get Kyrie. It allowed Cleveland to set up a scenario where LeBron could come back a better basketball player and get them to multiple NBA finals and so stop being upset about what he did I mean the guy's the best basketball player of our generation and if we didn't have the him the game wouldn't be as good as it is what people don't remember about the decision is that every penny from that uh, all the advertising and everything profit went to charity exactly people got to get over LeBron James leaving Cleveland because a lot of people in this world, if they are offered a job in a fantastic city that they would love to live in, where they knew they could grow their career, become better at their craft, okay, and be a part of a winning it's organization. It's a little bit different when you turn your back on your hometown. And you he do went it, back. And I you always do it, knew he was going back. You do Everybody it always a, knew he was going back. You do it in such a public way. So you can see that you can see why Cleveland fans at the time were upset, but it ended up working out to their benefit. I mean, either way it went, it was going to be public. I mean, he's LeBron James. I mean, had he had had he sent it out in a tweet, people still would have been upset about the fact that he did it. At least, like well, that's Drew one extreme was saying, to the next. That's one extreme to the next. Yeah, at least like what Drew was saying, you know, at least there was some benefit of it that went to charities. True, he did get money for charity. You're right. What does that have to do with comparing him to Jordan? There is no comparison to him and Jordan. You're dang right that is not. Because he's better than Jordan. Oh, wow. <laughs> he might be at the end of the day. There's some, there's, when it's all said and done, there's going to be just different ways. I mean, everybody, everybody can pick and choose the stats to fit their argument of LeBron versus Jordan. Right now, LeBron is not, this has not had a better career than Michael Jordan, has not been a better player than Michael Jordan. But the idea that that can't happen by the time his career ends, because he has got lots of years left. I think that you're a little misguided on that. It can't happen. He can't end up being better than Michael Jordan when it's all said and done. Here's another point. As as a person in the media and as a, an actual fan, who would you rather deal with? Would you rather try to deal with and interview Michael Jordan or LeBron James, who's been nothing but great to the media throughout his whole career? Exactly. I mean, you know, somebody brought up exactly. the fact that... I don't care about the media. No, 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 you have to care about it because somebody no, brought up the fact that Tim Duncan is the kind of player where when new guys, rookies of that nature come in, they can't even talk to Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan won't talk to you. He won't acknowledge you until you get to, until you're on his level. He, you have to earn his respect. 
LeBron James is going to take any guy under his wing and say, hey, let's try to make you better for the betterment of this team. Let's okay. work together. Let's build this camaraderie. All right, let's keep moving Jordan on. Jordan wouldn't do let's that Let's keep either. moving on. Hang up and listen. The phone number is 360-8255. We will talk about whatever you want when you call in. 360-8255 as we play Hang Up and Listen. Uh, again, side game being played. Sarita Live Prize Pack to anybody who does a Dusty Rhodes impression today. So that's kind of that's kind of fun. As we salute the American dream, if you will. All right, we're gonna go to our next caller, Dan. Dan, you're on Hang Up and Listen on Sarita Live. What's up, Dan? Hey guys, how's it hey. going? I'll give you some fun facts about Dusty Rhodes, though. All right, the biggest butt in professional wrestling ever <laughs> from a Hawaiian guy come on WWE. Right, and in his stomach, he had a huge stomach. Yeah, too. he was big. Love Dusty Rhodes. But the question I had was, uh, I don't think the Grizzlies ought to go for a shooter in the draft, but I think they could trade Green for a shooter. And uh, I'll hang up and listen and see what you think. Okay, interesting call by Dan. We're going to get really into the draft next Saturday because we'll be less than a week away uh, from that. But uh, can you trade Green? And then is and he's like a, a, a like he can sign back with the team. I don't even know the restrictions on being able to trade him. So if you can trade him. I don't know if you can trade them, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't know who wants them uh, and for you to be able to get a, a shooter back. Looking back, the great trade, not a success. Not a, That's not what they needed at the time for this Grizzlies team. And so, yeah, ideally, yeah, you'd love to. If you could trade Green for a shooter, I'm all for it. You're for that, right, Marcus? Yeah. Drew's for that. CJ's for that. I think everybody's for that. Go get Ray Allen. If you could trade Green for Ray Allen, he, Ray you Allen, could sign you him. You just get Ray Allen. You could just get him without – Right, and you do have a shooter on your bench. Bring back Mike Miller. Let's see. Why is he not playing? Is he that bad now? No, he's not that bad. It's just Cleveland doesn't know what to do with him. They, I guess they have no use. Let him shoot a three. <laughs> he can't play defense. That's true. Their defense is is, is pretty awesome in, in this postseason. Got to give give a shout out to, to Cleveland's do defense. We know, do you know forget that uh, Mike Miller basically won LeBron James an NBA championship in that in that final game. He, he had hit, like, all a, of those threes, a million threes in one game, and he played for the Grizzlies. I mean, last year he should have stayed the in best, one of the best defensive teams. He could, and we would have been playing. Yeah, we would have got much more playing, and time. he would have been better than Vince Carter, possibly. We don't know because we don't know how bad Mike Miller is this I, year because he I never tried plays. To tell you guys about that Vince Carter thing at the beginning of the year. Y'all were like, no man, Vince Carter. Hey, Vince had one awesome game in the playoffs. He helped them to a victory in the playoffs. One game. We're going to go to Sam. He's in Whitehaven. Sam, you're on Hang Up and Listen on Cerrito Live. What's up, Sam? What's up, Sam? How you doing, guys? What's up? Kevin and and, uh, Marcus. Hey, guys. uh, I heard Marcus say on the first part of the show that he's a Heat fan, but not a uh, LeBron James. Right. Uh, LeBron James fan, guys. But I was just wondering, Marcus, uh, why so many people... Hey, LeBron, you think, Marcus, uh, uh, when you answer that, Marcus, give me the, uh, Rick Ross version of it. You know, from the streets, man, uh, just, just man to man, ghetto to ghetto, hood to hood. Watch him in the fans hate LeBron James, man, because he, he's never had no, uh, off the field scandals, uh, uh, tire molested or beating his wife or anything, drugs or anything, man. But, uh, a lot of fans, uh, hate his guts, man, and, I think I'm listen, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Yo, yo, Thanks, yo. Sam. Why, is he, yo, yo, why yo, do Sam. I get to do the ghetto to ghetto? All right, Sam. Let me ch- all right, Sam. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Let me talk about You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this is why so many people hate on LeBron. You know what I'm saying? People hate LeBron because LeBron is better at his job than they will ever be at their job. 
LeBron is so much of a perfectionist in what he does that people just don't appreciate his gift of being a perfectionist and his gift at being very good and the best at his game. I mean, if we could all be as good as what we do in life, in our careers, at how good LeBron James is, is what he does in his life and his career, then people wouldn't have anything to hate. But when you see somebody who is the best, people don't like people don't like things, people don't like people who are really, really, really good at their job. I mean, just like if you go to work and there's like one employee who seems to be the 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 favorite of everybody because they earn that respect because they're so good at their job, people tend to not like that person for whatever reason. Well, people and, like underdogs, too. People do like, exactly. People like underdogs, but they don't necessarily like the people who are really, really good right. at what they do. I mean, My, Michael Jordan... He wants would, the ghetto-to-ghetto ghetto version. The ghetto-to-ghetto? Is, ghetto? is I mean, I don't know. I don't All know right. what that means. Ghetto to ghetto version. I, what I, does that mean? What do you mean? What does what mean? The ghetto to ghetto. Ghetto to ghetto. I don't. I, you know, I'm gonna try to um, bring in my inner ghetto. You know, I what left is, the ghetto a long time ago when I left. What know, they're saying on the streets. What they're saying on the streets. Like, how would they talk about it on the streets of Memphis? Oh, in the barbershops of Memphis. How would they talk about it in the barbershops of Memphis? If they were talking about it in the barbershops of Memphis, they would probably talk about they hate LeBron James because they don't like the fact that people are saying that he's better than Jordan. And that gets under so many people's skin <laughs> because they're comparing him to who many believe is the best player of all time. And you can't get some people to understand or to concede the fact that there is anybody else to ever play the game of basketball that could ever be on Michael Jordan's level. Do we like wanna, CJ. Do we want to have a barbershop conversation right Let's now? Have a listen, listen conversation. Right now. LeBron is soft. LeBron, soft. Is LeBron soft. couldn't make it in the 90s and the 80s. What are you talking about? They were about? fouling. That was when real ball was played. He is soft. He got his head split open and came he back. He dove into, into the, the camera. And his head he was dove split into open the camera. And he came back he doesn't the compare game. to Michael Jordan. Jordan let that Bulls team two three-peats Two three peats. How Jordan many times did the three like had the flu during the game? He, he didn't did have, have the, the flu. He didn't have the flu. Yeah. Nothing was wrong with Jordan. That was an act. He was Brian hobbled. James was hobbled. bleeding from the head. He had two cuts. Had to get stitches after the game. Still came back in and played. What's LeBron's record in the finals? Does he have a losing record in the that finals? Doesn't matter. Jordan is undefeated in the finals. That doesn't what matter. What are you talking about? Because, because when Jordan played in the finals, the teams that he was playing and going up against were crap. So Carmelo and John Stockton are crap. Because Carmelo and John Stockton. Is that what you're telling me right now? All right, all right, all right. I'm just here to get the my Portland hair cut. I'm just here to get my hair the cut. The Phoenix Suns. LeBron lost to the right. Dallas Mavericks. Right. Where does that, right. Dirk, what does that team rank all time? Whiskey. What does that team rank all time? They had. That was a pretty good team. They had Dirk. I'm just trying to get my hair cut. You just wait. Listen, that's what happens when you go sit down in the barbershop. <laughs> you got to wait an extra hour to get your hair cut because they're in there talking too much longer. They're not thinking about your hair. So many times an argument has popped off in the barbershop, and I have okay. gotten, up, gotten up out okay. of my seat so they wouldn't mess my hair up. All right. <laughs> Y'all, we're, we're, we're chill. Well, unless somebody brings okay. us back okay. up. Okay. okay. Somebody, okay. We're not going to talk right. about right. it. Right. Right. I do want to just right. bring up one point right. on right. LeBron. What's Because the, the one thing that it just it really grinds my gears when somebody says it, how, how, how Jordan never lost in the finals. Like, LeBron, how much younger was LeBron when he went to his first finals versus how much? He was a kid. Right. So, I mean. He with nobody to the finals. So, I do think that that is a factor. Like, experience. Experience level of LeBron by the time he made it to the finals versus Jordan's. So I don't know the age. Here's another factor: Has LeBron ever had a Scottie Pippen to his side this whole time? No. no. I mean, if we go back to, to his previous time in Cleveland. He had nobody. He was getting to those well, Eastern Conference Finals right. and NBA Finals right. all by himself. In Miami, he did. 
And, he and that's to. when he won. Yeah, he won to. Exactly. All right, we're going to go to our next caller. Big Ed's in the Dirty Dova. Big Ed, you are on Hang Up and Listen on Cerrito Live. What's hey up, Big guys, Ed? I got to tell you, I'm going to talk about something else, but yes. I'm starting <laughs> to get nauseated listening to this jabroni that was just on there talking about how great LeBron is. <laughs> I keep watching this series, and I'm thinking, come on, LeBron. Quit trying to grow, drive in and shoot against three people. And they're killing you inside. Just step back and hit some jump shots. Wait a minute. You're not even hitting jump shots. You're not hitting your outside shots. Now, how great is that? Because Michael Jordan could kick your butt. So that's all I got to say about that. Come on, folks. Let's don't talk about ever trying to compare LeBron. Yeah, he's a great, but you can't compare him to Michael Jordan. You can't compare him to Magic Johnson. Larry Bird, that's a joke. You can't compare, I mean, LeBron's great, yeah, but he ain't that great. Now, let's talk about the real issue. You can talk about bringing all these players in, and they're young and they're athletic, when somebody says somebody's athletic, that usually tells me, you know what? Boy, he can jump out of the gym, but you know what? He can't shoot the ball. And that's what to wind up with. So I got a player right now that I will gladly give Jeff Green's $9 million that he gets every year. Jeff Green's overrated. Barbosa. Guys, let's go get that guy from Golden State. Barbosa is worth every bit of the $9 million. Let's let him play 25, 30 minutes a game with the Grizzlies because that guy can flat shoot the ball. We don't have a shooter. He's young. Let's go get him and say, Jeff, I'll be the same. You've been nice, but you can't shoot the ball, and you don't know how to play Grizzlies grit and got grind ball. Got to get the ball to the bigs, and we got to be able to shoot it, and if you can't shoot outside... When you're open, we don't need you. Now, we'll give you $3 million and you can stay. But there's a lot of free agents. You know what? If Marcus All doesn't want to stay, there's a guy named Marcus Alders right now that's a free agent. That guy can rebound. He can shoot. He only hits about 40% from three-point land. Um, man, I'd love to have him. But anyway, at this point, everybody have a great day. And I'm going to hang up and listen. Remember, LeBron James ain't no king. All right. Thank, thanks, Big Ed. I'm not down with his king nickname. Jerry Lawler's the king. BB King. Just prove Elvis. But we're playing Hang Up and Listen for a couple more minutes. So if you want to get on the phone lines, you got to get on now. 360-8255. 360-8255. Best caller, $25 to Elfos. And if... You do a Dusty Rhodes impression during your phone call, you'll automatically get a Cerrito Live prize pack as we honor the American dream. Andrew Barbosa for Jeff Green. It's not, like them, some things don't they don't they don't it's not gonna work that way. I mean, here look, the Grizzlies need to get a shooter, right? Yes. They need a shooter. Everybody agrees with that. They've needed a shooter for years, and they better get one this summer. And last year they got Vince Carter, but they were really replacing Mike Miller. They still needed a shooter. They need. They needed somebody who could shoot that wasn't going to be injury prone, uh, like those two guys. And sure, if the if the Grizz can get somebody to trade with Jeff Green, the problem is you look back, and I said this over a year ago on Greg Gaston's television show that the most important thing the Grizzlies were going to do was going to be whatever they ended up doing with Tayshawn Prince's contract, and what they did with it. 
is they brought Jeff Green in. And Green Green can come back. It's like a poor man's Rudy Gay. If Green wants to come back, he can come back. And then you're going to be stuck with him. Yeah. And yeah. Unless you trade him. Can you trade him after yeah. this? Because he is really credited in the national media, and maybe rightfully so, maybe not, but being the guy who who messed the team up for that month and a half where they were struggling right after his trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can put some of that on Jaeger for starting him or, or shaking up the lineup when he maybe didn't need to do that. But, yeah, I think anybody, I think you ask anybody, I'd be hard to find somebody in Memphis saying, don't trade Jeff Green for a shooter. So if you can do that, do it. Yeah, I mean, but I you, mean, you gonna, I mean, you definitely need a guy who can spread the floor out because you have all these big guys down low, and you don't need to clog up things on the inside. And you definitely need a shooter. Um, but I mean, I mean, who's out there that you can get? I mean, that's going to be that much of an improvement. Um, I mean, I guess uh, is Kyle Korver going to be available? I mean, you got to get somebody, or I mean, just find somebody in the in the. In the there has to be a D League player and an overseas guy, somebody who can just shoot the three ball. That's all but do you, you need. so do you do you draft a shooter because you need a shooter or do you draft best player available at twenty five? You draft the best player and you hope you trade him. You, you, you draft you a shooter, but you have Jordan Adams who's a shooter who who didn't play. Like you're and you know if they're going to play somebody, they're going to play probably Jordan Adams next year. So whoever they're drafting at twenty five is not going to play next year for this team. They're going to be in the D league. Draft, draft a shooter, bring him in the first day. Say you have one job: stay behind the three point line, get better at that shot, perfect it, and because that's what we need you to do. I mean, it's what Quincy Pondexter did. He got. Well, when when Coupon showed up in Memphis, he was not a good three-point shooter. But he knew what the team needed him to do, and he stayed out beyond the three-point line working on his shot at practice, and he got better at that shot, at that corner three. So you can find a guy that has enough of a shooting ability and just say, perfect this shot. You can find that guy. The coach has to be willing to sacrifice some defense for more offense, though. And if you get a shooter and you're not going to play him, it does you no good. What is this? I know, but but what is the thought that that shooters don't play defense? I didn't say they don't play defense. I'm saying if he's not playing as good a defense as Tony Allen or as some other players at the wing position for the Grizzlies, you have to be okay with that because he's going to give you more offense. Defense is effort. I, I think defense is more of an effort thing. I mean, if you get a guy who can shoot the three, say, hey, if you want to play, just play defense. Play defense, and then on offense, you can run around and stay outside the three-point line. But, but but defense is an effort thing, and I guess the reason some strong defensive players aren't that good offensively because they spend so much of their energy playing defense, but you just got to get a guy who's like the energized bunny who has that kind of an energy. All right, we are playing Hang Up and Listen. We're going to go to our last caller this week. Greg is in South Haven. Greg, you're on Hang Up and Listen on Street Live. What's up, Greg? Hey, guys, real quick. Uh, as far as LeBron goes, the reason everyone compares him to Jordan and all these other guys is because he's not as good as them. But I'll sit there and watch uh, watch him play, and I go, man, that was Jordan-esque. Or, that, oh, man, he looked like Magic Johnson. Or, that's a big shot like Bird. The guy's just good. And he takes a little bit from all of them. Everybody forgets how big he is. But let me get, get the Grizzlies real quick. At that 25 pick, Grizzlies going to have a choice whether if Marcus Saw leaves, if he stays, they need to go get one of the Harrison twins. Probably the shooting guard uh, who can shoot, make big shots. He's already been in a grit and grind type of defense, so he can play D, and he's a big guard. If Gasol leaves, they need to get Johnson from the Cats. That guy right there, if anybody's a Marcus Saw clone, it's him. And they can bring him in and, and play him up like Marcus Saw and train him like Marcus Saw. But as far as that guard position, you bring in one of those Harrison twins, they're already winners. They already know how to play D. They can shoot the ball. 
Uh, and basically what you're going to get there is you're going to get a good defensive player who can play the point, who can play the shooting guard, and big enough to get you some rebounds and play D. I'll hang up and listen. All right. Well, there you go. He's, so Greg has been out there uh, scouting. And it's can, gonna be, can you get one of the Harrison twins? I mean, are those guys going to be gone too early? I mean, where, where are they projected to go in this draft? I'm not really sure where, where they're projected. I mean, if one of the Harrison twins are there, I think that you wouldn't want to go after one of those games just for guys for just for the sheer fact that they are winners, and you know that. Right. I mean, they were coached by Cal, and guys who are coached by Cal normally come into the league and you know play pretty well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, I think you've got to make some moves uh, this summer to find a shooter. And again, there's, they're going to have limited flexibility to do anything. Uh, because because of the Tayshawn the Tayshawn move was the big move and credit to the I mean the Grizzlies needed to do something right because you had to talk about the window this was the year of the window and they had to they had to do something or but if they didn't then you'd be kicking yourself saying why didn't they do something if you're still if you go if you get eliminated same spot in the playoffs with Tayshawn Prince on the team but why didn't the Grizzlies do something to improve and the mystery of the unknown of what Jeff Green would have been like on the team would have been out there. Could they have been more successful without Jeff Green and have Tayshaun Prince on the team? Who knows? Could they have got past could they have got past Golden State? Probably not with with Jeff Green or with Tayshaun. But not knowing what it would have been like to trade Tayshaun for somebody better in the year that everybody got hurt, that everything broke right for Golden State yeah. and that could have been breaking right for you. Uh, you had to do that trade. And now we're just stuck in this spot where it's I mean, hell, I don't I, I don't they they need to get a shooter. They've got one on the bench, and I wouldn't be surprised if the shoot the shooter on the team next year. You're looking at the same two, which are Vince Carter and uh, Jordan Adams. Those are your two shooters next season because it's going to be tough to move around the contracts if they resign Mark. Real quick on the Harrison twins, uh, CBS Sports experts don't have, and they got three experts following the draft. They don't have either twin in the first round. So there you go. So I mean, Memphis, could, Memphis has, a, has a shot at getting and, one. And, hey, look at Damari Carroll, a guy who was projected second rounder, Grizzlies taken around that same time, ends up being a star. He's not a shooter example, but he is a second rounder picked earlier. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be a pretty good success. All right, so we had nobody call in during Hang Up and Listen, uh, paying tribute to the late great American dream. So we thought we'd go back, Marcus, because you wanted to hear some more dream. This yes. guy's good at promos. This guy's a promo machine. Um, he was son of a plumber. This is his promo from uh, some of his time in Memphis. So let's hear, let's hear, let's hear the American Dreams uh, Memphis promo. As he was getting ready to, to go one on one with Jerry the King Lawler. Yeah, I'm right here. I'm on my princess. Wait a minute. I'm on my Pete Prince's phone live with Colonel Tom Parker, Memphis, Tennessee. Elvis is on. Elvis is on the line. They're waiting to hear from him. They're waiting to see me. They got all their children around the TV. Colonel Tom Parker told me in just a few minutes. See him. See him here. He told me and said, "Big Dust." Coming to Memphis, Jerry Lawler wants some of it. You want some of Jerry Lawler? This this whole time thing gonna be straightened out. I'm the number one contender for the title. I'm the prettiest athlete in the world. I'm the greatest. I am the best. I'm the man of the hour. Woo! Too sweet to be sour, Jack. I pick up this phone this morning when it rang. I said, long distance information. Give me Memphis, Tennessee. Help me find a party, try to get in touch with me. She did not leave a number. 
I know who to call. Elvis, call me there. Elvis, say, I'm going to pick you up in your limousine. I want you there driving in styling class and your smiling face and a lot of grace. The thing is, Jerry Lawler, go feel the power of the dream. Go see the dream get down in Boogie like nobody ever seen in Boogie. Memphis, Tennessee going to be my home, my house. All the black and all the white and all the green all the yellow and all the races, creeds and color going to flow in that building. Going to see me because I got something special for him. If he wants to match, I got my road shuffle. I'm going to put it on him. I'm so quick. I'm going to sting him, knock him down, beat him down. Jerry Lawler is not quick enough to stay with a dream. And better than that, I might even be there early with 17 dancing go-go bears. <laughs> what? The American dream. Go-go the American dream. My favorite American dream quote of all time is this one. I have wined and dined with kings and queens, and I have slept in alleys eating pork and beans. He's he's a he was a poet. All right, hey, hey, you that's know, our I tribute like that. to the American dream. And I like pork and beans. <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, we'll decide to wonder if hang up and listen over the break, and we'll talk to Marvin Stockwell. He's on the cover of the commercial appeal right now. Go walk by a newsstand, and uh, you can see a picture of the guy who we're about to talk to about the Mid South Coliseum. You're listening to Serena Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. From Penny and the Tigers to the grit and grind of the Grizzlies. For over 20 years, we have been and continue to be Real Sports Talk for Memphis. Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Cerrito Live. Here once again is Kevin Cerrito. All right, welcome back. Thanks for making us part of your weekend. We just played Hang Up and Listen while we pay tribute to the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Our winner this week gets $25 to Elfo's Restaurant in Germantown. It's the perfect place to hang out before or after the golf tournament. They're closing on Sundays, though, so you got to go today. Uh, CJ, tell the who won that $25 to Elfo's Restaurant. The winner of Hang Up and Listen is Big Ed. Big Ed, give us a call back. Big Ed. I wonder if it's the rapper Big Ed. The rapper formerly known as Big Ed. Used to be with No Limit. No No Limit Records. <laughs> Did not know they had a Big Ed on No Limit. Oh, yeah. Was that the a, regular No Limit or the new No, no Limit? No, the regular No Limit. They had Big Ed. They had Mac. They had Skullduggery. They had Sir Mix-a-Lot. I'm not Mr. Servon, that is. Not Sir Mix-a-Lot. Mr. Servon. All right, if you, if you are uh, one of the people in the Mid-South who still subscribe to the Daily Newspaper, the Commercial Appeal, when you walked out in your driveway this morning, you saw our next guest's face staring at you. His name is Marvin Stockwell. He's joined us multiple times over the past couple of months as we uh, continue to uh, our coverage of the Mid-South Coliseum, and he joins us now. What's up, Marvin? Not, not much, Kevin. Just glad to be here, as always. I... Actually, I am, I am riding the green line out to Shelby Farms Park as we speak uh, for today's rock and romp. So, no, it's not the focus of our segment, but you got kids, 2 o'clock, it should be a great show, Shelby Farms Park. Wait, quick, so you, quick plug, but now to the matter at hand, right? So you're currently on a bicycle? I am currently on a bicycle. Oh, fantastic. Multitasking is how you get things done in this town. <laughs> well, I'm running late, honestly. Uh, <laughs> but if I run into traffic, I'll, I'll pull over and stop, but... I'm, I'm kind of going slow so I don't run out of breath. But, All right, uh, please, please travel safe. Uh, oh, I will. 
Okay, so the so kind of big news yesterday, right? They're gonna the yes, the, it was recommended um, to the city that they're gonna they should save the Mid South Coliseum. Yeah, the, I think the the thing that happened clearly yesterday is that bulldozers are no longer headed towards the Mid South Coliseum. Uh, that kind of was our <laughs> reason that brought all of us at the Coliseum Coalition together at the outset. Uh, we asked for. I, I think we achieved a couple of things in the early going. We we uh. You know, we made, you know, passage of the tourism development zone kind of politically impossible early on. And uh, that allowed us to kind of hit the pause button and say, hey, let, let's have a deeper conversation about that, this. And, uh, and then so that was one thing. And then we said, hey, you know, let's, let's have a fresh batch of input from the public because the, the input that, you, that the city received was eight years old. And to the city's immense credit, and uh, Director Robert Lipscomb especially, they said, you know what, you're right. Let's, uh, let's dial it back. Let's have the National Charette Institute and Urban Land Institute come to Memphis and panel community discussions and, uh, and make sure that we've really heard from all of Memphis. So my hat's off to them for doing that. Uh, they also supported our, uh, our event, the Roundhouse Revival, which was a few weeks ago and drew, you know, north of 4,500 people. I think that showed everyone that people love the Mid-South Coliseum. They want to, it preserved but what happened yesterday with the uh with the urban land institute was they really they had a proposal that that i think laid out an ambitious framework for not only saving the coliseum but doing it within a context of a larger fairgrounds redevelopment that i think all of memphis can get excited about what okay yeah uh, there was they recommended oodles of things uh, including changing yeah. the name of the fairgrounds to the Greater Memphis Recreation and Sports Complex, inclu- yeah, it, including it, a water right. park. Right. Uh, there was a lot to like and a lot to digest on it. <laughs> uh, and, and it's like yeah. there's more nuance than we have time to go into in this segment. Right. So I would just urge everyone to kind of either get, go get a paper or log on to Facebook. I mean, the article's getting posted around. The business journal is out. All the TV stations are out. I don't think I've ever quite been in a room that packed with, like, every last media outlet in the city. Uh, so so th- there's no shortage of coverage on the – on, and, and the actual report is also out there posted uh, pretty widely. Um, I don't know, maybe you, you posted it on your – on your side, uh, social media sites or not. Yes, Kevin, it, is. But, uh, it, it, it is out there. We've been talking about it today. Marvin Stockwell from the Coliseum Co- Coalition joining us live from the Green Line. Are you okay? It sounds... Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. It was, <laughs> it was, it was getting a little little, little static. Um, all right. So oh, what's, sorry. So what is, what is next? What is next? Now that the city's done... So what's going to happen? It looks like they're not going to tear down the Coliseum anytime soon. Uh, the city doesn't have to take this recommendation, but it will That's look true. bad if they don't. And so, what's the next step? It's an election year. We're at least going to get through. The, we're at least going to get through the election, probably with just this. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think the next steps um, are clearly we've all got to digest this first and foremost. Right. And yes, I think my hunch is Mayor Wharton's uh, mo is to is to. He even joked about this yesterday. He said a lot of people joke with me and say AC stands for a committee. And I think he was kind of poking fun at himself that he deliberates on stuff, and he, and he typically takes the advice of experts uh, after he's really done his due diligence. Uh, and I think you can cite several examples of where that's really served him well. So 
So my hunch is that the, that the mayor will largely try to take this recommendation and act on it. Uh, and, and hopefully Memphis will take a run at actually doing this. But I think in the immediate future, one of the recommendations was that Mayor Wharton appoint a task force, I guess you'd call it, to study uh, what type of conservancy would be best. That was another recommendation of the ULI, that a, a conservancy, much like Shelby Farms Park Conservancy, would be a good model to sit alongside government and make sure that the right decisions are made. So their, their recommendation was that Mayor Wharton appoint a task force to study what that what that conservancy would look like. Oh, so another task task force. I'm not excited about that because the city's been the city's been studying what to do with the trolleys for a year and they haven't figured it out. But that's just me personally. Well, it seems like these things do take a while. Uh, I hear you there, and, yeah. and that will that will be where us, the citizen groups like the Coliseum Coalition uh, need to hold the city's feet to the fire and just say, "Hey, this was the recommendation. We're excited about this." I mean, if anything. There's so much energy around this project, I, I don't think they can sleep on this. Like, we'll make sure that they don't. Right. I mean, we'll be nice about it, but we'll, you know, we'll show up on their doorstep and be like, great, man, when's, when's the first meeting of this task force? And we want to be a part of it. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we're talking with Marvin Stockwell. He's on the cover of the commercial appeal above the fold this morning. You can grab one um, or read it online. But the uh, last thing, so the, the Coliseum yeah. recommendation, they, they recommended maybe – Saving it as an indoor-outdoor type of a facility that was kind of part of it, referencing right. uh, a similar venue in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Right. And to some people who want to save the Coliseum, they're they're against the idea of gutting it like the church, like the church slash Chick Fil A on Union, saying that that's sure. not saving the Coliseum if you if you gut it out, that they will, yeah, there's the right. purist and then there's that. So sure. where does that stand after the decision yesterday or is everybody still on board or? Well, I think you raise a great point, Kevin. Uh, and this, this is a point of that I think we're going to have to all kind of deliberate on a bit and see how we feel about it. Now, you know, if I could wave a magic wand, uh, and have it be however I'd like to see it happen, I'd, I'd love to receive the Coliseum return to much as it once was and be a concert venue for eight to 10,000 people. Uh, but 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 I don't know that that's possible. I don't know that it's impossible too. So I haven't. I think we don't have to give up on anything yet because, as you pointed out, uh, this is a recommendation. This is a framework uh, inside which the uh, the city really needs to um, to work. So I think that if uh, oh, I think you, if we just yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, I was getting off the bike because I'm, I'm here at an <laughs> intersection. I don't want to risk my life. Uh, <laughs> but but I think it's a recommendation. We have to hold open the possibility that any trajectory is still possible. Right. Um, although the idea that's been put forth, the Coliseum Pavilion, I think is 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 in play. And uh, I think the fact that that recommendation was was largely influenced by them looking at that Coliseum Pavilion idea. Uh, and if if people are interested and don't know what I'm talking about. You go to, to um, Facebook and just search for Coliseum Pavilion, and uh, this architect, Perry Farrell, has laid out this really ambitious kind of total rethink of the Coliseum. Now, however, that would leave the roof intact, uh, and it would leave the structure of the building largely intact. Uh, I think that's an interesting idea. Um, you know, I'm open to a host of possibilities, and I think before people start uh, – feeling like this is a loss, and I know some people feel 
like they've lost. A couple of you said, hey, I've been fighting to save the Coliseum, and I lost. Uh, I, I, I don't see it that way. I see yesterday as a huge victory uh, for Memphis. I mean, honestly, not just for the Coliseum, for for transparency in government. I mean, Robert Lipscomb stood there at the podium and said, I pledge to you, this is the process that we are going to have take place for every public development. And oh, he said wow. that, I mean, in front of, in a room full of media. So, I mean, I think that's something we can, we can hold him to. So, I mean, I think that's true. I mean, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty great thing. Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of those things that seems just too good to be true to people in Memphis. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully he's sticking to his word. Uh, all right, Marvin, right. we, we got to exactly. we got to we got to let you go. Uh, appreciate Thanks you, you joining us. Uh, continue to keep us updated with what's going on. Congratulations for being on the front of the commercial appeal and not for oh, yeah, allegedly it. trying to uh, hire a hitman or or poison any toothpaste <laughs> or anything like that. <laughs> All right, thanks, Marvin. Thank you, Kevin. All right, it's Marvin Sockwell with the Coliseum Coliseum Coalition. We're taking a quick 60-second timeout. When we come back, CJ is going to play Jeff Calkins. You're listening to Surreal Live on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. The Tigers, the Grizzlies, the SEC. We are Real Sports Talk. I love it. I love it. Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. Welcome back to Zorito Live. Here once again is Kevin Zorito. Uh, welcome back. I promised earlier in the show that we would address some things because my name has been thrown around all over the city in a good way and a bad way. There's a great article in the commercial appeal earlier in the week by Chris Harrington. Uh, his morning riff, the wrestling museum idea, not depending on dependent on Coliseum future. And he goes into detail. Uh, this was before they announced they're going to save the Coliseum, but saying that, hey, pro wrestling museum should be in Memphis, uh, whether he says maybe it shouldn't be in the Coliseum, but it definitely should be here. Um, and has very interesting quotes saying that Memphis, Memphians are not overstating Memphis's importance in the wider culture of professional wrestling, that we are, we are as important to professional wrestling as we say we are. Uh, and it was a very good writer by Chris Harrington. He seems to be on board with, with what, what we're trying to do on this show, which is just get the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame here, get WWE to build it here, and the Coliseum is just one of the many possible venues that it could go into. And it is just because it is. I mean, you have to think of it. You have to put the Coliseum on your list of possible venues for the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame because it's the most historically significant professional wrestling venue in the world, Jeff Jarrett calls it the Madison Square Garden of the South. Uh, I may be overstating it a little bit, but anyway. So Jeff, so so Jeff Calkins was on his radio show earlier in this week. CJ's got a transcript. CJ, um, what's your acting criteria? Whatever you've been an actor before. This is the role I was born to play. This is the, the this is the role. Jeff Calkins. Yes, in the Jeff Calkins movie. <laughs> I should be everybody's number one choice. I'm going to prove to you right now why. All right, this portion of the show, because so, we're... So you're going to play... So you're saying if a movie was cast in Jeff Caucus' life, you should play the role. If Bruce Jenner can become Kate, Caitlyn Jenner, and if that story with the <laughs> NAACP can happen... Then I can play Jeff Hawkins. I think, I think you're a great Jeff Hawkins. I don't. You don't have the face for it. 
Okay, all right. This Because uh, <laughs> it's an acting segment, it's being brought to you by friends at Playoffs on the Square. Check out playoffsonthesquare.org for the full list of the 2015-2016 uh, shows playing that season. It's out. Includes Sister Act and Billy Elliot, the musical Peter Pan, and the uh, premiere regionally of the hit musical Memphis. That's playoffsonthesquare.org. Okay. CJ, let's get into it. So you've got the transcript. You're going to be acting. I'm going to finally respond because we can't have we can't have Mr. Calkins, the columnist from the Commercial Appeal, on the show because he is uh, on another station. I'm not sure which one it is. All right, go ahead. I got in a fracas with Kevin Cerrito, and let me tell you this: I like Kevin Cerrito. I listen to his Saturday show when I'm driving around. Okay, yeah, I like I like you too, Jeff. I do. I I. I I like you. I, I listen to your show sometimes, yeah. I, I like local radio. I, I listen to his program. I've, I've actually had Kevin on to guest host with me one time. That's true, Jeff. You're my, we were former co-hosts together, yeah. Yesterday, out of the blue, I'm driving around to pick up my kid, and I, I get this. Your negative attitude about what can happen in this city makes you more of a Memphian than folks give you credit for. Yeah, I said that to Jeff Calkins because people were going after him because of his stance on the Coliseum, saying that he was not truly a Memphian, that he's not. But yeah, I, hey, Jeff, Jeff, you are a Memphian. I will tell you this: you are a Memphian. You've lived here for like eighteen years. You probably plan to live the rest of your life here. You are a true Memphian, but because you weren't born here, you may not understand the professional wrestling side of things that Chris Harrington explains in the commercial appeal. And yeah, so yeah, I took a jab at you with that, with your negative attitude because it is historically Memphians have that negative attitude towards what can and cannot happen in Memphis. If you say, "Why can't this happen in Memphis? This won't happen in Memphis. Why would they come to Memphis? Why would they build the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame in Memphis?" That's such a negative attitude that uh, certain Memphians have. So that definitely gives you your Memphis credentials. If you're just tuning in, C.J. Hurt is playing the role of Jeff Calkins, role of a lifetime. All right, go ahead. And and this is because I am skeptical as to whether there is an economically viable use for the Coliseum. And also some skepticism as to whether it is likely that the WWE Hall of Fame will come to Memphis. Whoa, whoa. Okay, so he's skeptical that the, the WWE would come to Memphis. And that's, again, that negative attitude. Of course, that's why I see you that tweet, Jeff. Get, the, get your attitude correct. You've got to realize where Memphis is. We're in the middle of the South, where the, when professional wrestling is huge in the South, and everybody in the South can drive to Memphis pretty easily, much easier than they can to Orlando, Florida. WWE is not building this in New York because it costs too much. They already had a failed endeavor in New York. Rent's too high, so New York's out of the question. So their other idea would be building in Orlando. But hey, Memphis were located nice in the driving distance for people in the South. We have international our international tourism numbers are higher than anybody realizes, and you can check out those stats at pro, prowrestlinghof.com. But people come here internationally, wrestling huge, like over in Japan, it's it's huge. So people would come to Memphis. There is reason to do it in Memphis, besides the fact that maybe we can offer some pretty cool tax breaks that they wouldn't do in Orlando, like we did for Bass Pro, IKEA, and even building a two hundred and fifty million dollar arena downtown for the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, well, so I kind of went back at him. I, I said, I am less burdened by the past than you are. I was more focused with bringing FedEx form and the Memphis Grizzlies to town. That happened a long time ago, Jeff. <laughs> get, with the, get with today. This is about the future. I, I thought the whole Coliseum thing was a distraction. He says, the Fairgrounds Coliseum issue is distracting from the fact that Memphis should have the Wrestling Hall of Fame and could have it. 
That's my point. People are confusing me with Marvin Stockwell and the smart folks of the Coliseum Coalition. They're, coalition, they're trying to save the Coliseum. We're just trying to bring the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame to Memphis, whether it's at the Coliseum or if it ends up being at uh, Peabody Place or the Bass Pro Shop. There are many different places, but on this show, we're trying to get the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame here. Hopefully, it can be inside the Mid-South Coliseum. I think it's a win-win for both if it all happens. But our number one goal here is Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, Memphis, Tennessee. I, I finally said we can agree to disagree. <laughs> he is obsessed. He is relentless. We can agree to disagree, Kevin. In fairness to Kevin Cerrito, he sent me a link to, to an article that the WWE is looking for a place to pit their Hall of Fame. They are looking, and we need to be aggressive and get, make them an offer when WWE comes here later this fall. You need to have the mayor shake the hand. Call it WWE Day. Shake the hand of Stephanie or Triple H, whoever is going to come in here and accept that plaque and say, hey, we got a good idea for your Hall of Fame if you want to build it here in Memphis. Here, here's the truth. If anything, I'm too boisterous. I have been accused at the paper of being too boisterous, like writing these Memphis... Uh, these believe Memphis pieces. Okay, that's great. I I do like like this can-do spirit that Memphis embraces. I like the chip on the shoulder. I think it's okay with within that to express some skepticism. Does that make me a negative Nancy? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a great job. This is CJS Jeff Calkins. Okay. If, if <laughs> get this gather roll. If Kevin Cerrito can bring the WWE Hall of Fame here, I will be the first to applaud him. Okay, so Jeff is lay- laying it all in my lap. I'm supposed to single-handedly, me, you, a guy you who... You have to make it happen now, because I want Jeff Caucus to applaud you. A guy... You have to make it happen. I, host, I applaud you, Kevin. I host a Saturday radio show. Yeah. yeah the, the old saying goes, Marcus, you know the old saying, right? Mm-hmm. Rome wasn't built in a day, but it was built by a guy who hosts a Saturday morning radio show. Yes, it was. Is that the old saying? I think so. <laughs> I think uh, to the T, actually. I cannot do this by myself. Continue, Jeff. If if he can get that done the same way I got the Grizz and FedEx form done, I will applaud him for it. I I, I, I just don't know how I got pitted against Kevin Cerrito. Wait, he, <laughs> hold on, wait. He was responsible for bringing the Grizzlies in the FedEx form here. Yeah, he claims he claims he was credited for that, and I'll get, I'll get credit. That. Everybody takes credit for that. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, thank, good job. You to a match? Good, and after that, Martin cha- challenged you to a match. Jo- John Martin. And and Jeff are saying like Jeff thinks he can beat me up and they got into even further into this and, on the and, radio. Hold on, in a fist fight? Oh, hey, come on, a man. wrestling match. A wrestling match. Like he thinks and like, I mean, does he even have any? Does, I've got CJ here. Uh-huh. I got you, Marcus, uh-huh. Dustin, five star. Like hey. my entourage. It's a real wrestler, yeah. My entourage versus his entourage. Set the match. We can do it at Minglewood Hall. We can do it at FedEx Forum. We can do it at the Mid South Coliseum. Wherever. We'll I'm tagging in, baby. I'm tagging in. All right, that is our show. Marcus, thanks for sitting in with us. I'm going to go get me a great job. burger. Great job. From Burger King. We'll be back next week from 11 to 1. I'm Kevin Serino saying so long from high atop Mount Moriah.